Hey, 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 what's up, Roots? What's Two up, grooves. grooves? Yes, yes. You know that's right. We got Jay Purcell sitting across from me today. Hello, everybody. Looking uh, dapper as ever. <laughs> well, a little disheveled in, in the heat and uh, rehearsal oh, rooms that we've been in today, um, doing some music. In and out, up and down a lot of stairs, already a too many stairs. stairs today. Four flights up at the rehearsal studio, four flights up um, here at Signal HQ. He doesn't well. want to get ground room <laughs> floors, people. I don't know why. This guy's dedicated to exercising. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and no elevators. No way. Especially with drum kits, by the way. Side note already. But taking uh, a drum kit up uh, four flights Pretty of stairs much. after a show. And drums are probably about like almost at least like your body weight. Yeah. And luckily... So everywhere I, you go, you're taking your drums. You're taking a double body weight yeah. amount of equipment up four flights of stairs everywhere you go. Yeah. And luckily, I got a lightweight kit. It's like a little <laughs> jazz kit. So it's lightweight. So you're taking it's the easy way out. Inspired by Questlove, because I, I saw he goes around New York with his little uh, drum kit. Oh, does he? And he came out with a... I almost bought his drum kit. He came out with one with a Ludwig. Oh, nice. Called the Quest, Questlove Edition, something like that. Anyway. Sure, it sounds really yeah. sweet. But um, anyway. He's a big guy. He plays a little set. Um, when he's just like in New York, you know, he put his kit in a in a in an Uber or yeah, sure, that a makes driven sense. car or whatever. Mobile. Mobile, yeah. Cool, cool. Well, what's up, everybody? It's Rooster Grooves. As you know, we're talking about Courtney Barnett. Yes. Australian singer-songwriter, uh, producer, person, human on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, known for deadpan singing style, rambling, witty lyrics. Um, kind of indie rock, post-punk vibes, guitar, bass, drums, vocals, music. Um, yeah, so pretty cool. I can't remember where she came up in my life. At some point a few years ago, like two or three years ago, I discovered her. I think she was on a bill coming through Seattle, like at Bumbershoot oh. or something like that. So you might have seen her? Play I like might have seen did. her because I think in 2016, I saw Tame Impala at Bumbershoot. Oh, wow. And she might have been on that bill, but otherwise it was something else in Seattle. How was Tame Impala, by the way? That was amazing. It was gorgeous. Right under the Space Needle. Yeah. Tame Impala, also from Australia. Yeah. I mean, it was great. Excellent. The highlight of my uh, concert-going career. Yeah. That's, wow. that's one of the big ones, I would yeah. say. Real, real fun. High praise. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen some good concerts. Um, uh, the other way I've heard, seen... Uh, have, you, have you heard of her before this? I know, actually, by the way. Um, no. You... Uh, suggested her to me and i hadn't heard of her um as i was doing my research i saw she did do jumping ahead a little bit but i saw she did an album with kurt vile right so i might have seen there's like an amoeba video of what's in my bag mm-hmm. with kurt vile and courtney yeah I might have seen that a long time ago but not really known who she was right or anything like that so yeah kurt vile yeah. was kind of a bigger name for a while yeah he he played in um what's the band he was called I don't know, actually. I don't know where he came from. He, he wasn't a, like he, a bigger band, and then he... He made a name for himself, but he yeah. came from another band. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry, everybody. I'll look it up in the meantime. That'll come okay. up. We're not even talking about that guy right now, though. Well, well what I was going to say, though, the other genre I've seen uh, Courtney described as is Dull Wave. Or, ah. Did you see that? No, I've never seen anything described as Dull Wave. That sounds fitting. I think it was on her... Um, wikipedia page do you know what dull wave is i didn't know no is there a definition you got it yeah apparently it's uh an australian music genre that emerged in the early 2010s they said um it was supposed to be used as a as an in joke to describe the indie scene in melbourne um but it's become like a way of describing the sort of an australian indie rock sound kind of thing which mm-hmm. i think is really interesting like we've we've talked about chill wave yeah uh king cruel created blue wave or something yeah like. what is it with wave is like are we <laughs> by the way signal was almost called like something wavy or something really like that when i was trying to come up with names waves so. <laughs> waves is good i like waves yeah. because it's you, know, you see waves coming in on the water yeah yeah it's the same as vibrations like a speaker is making vibrations in the air yeah it's the same exact kind of kind of thing in a different medium i get it yeah you know so okay. i, I kind of like that so that. it's a way of describing some ink new that's coming in yeah. flowing energy energy yeah, yeah. so uh, not yeah. that we know whatever that's just what goes on in my head yeah um but cool that that sounds pretty accurate dead dull wave dull not wave. dead wave that's that's, <laughs> yeah, that's what i'm gonna invent that's 
Is that well, Google that? Dead wave? Yeah, is that patented yet? That's me. <laughs> Hopefully, See if there's a, a genre uh, out there already. Mm, no, not really. Okay, that's there's us other then. Other things. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. At least Google says no. Uh, so yeah, Courtney Barnett does. She her vocals sound kind of dull sometimes, and maybe that's not the best way to describe it. But it is. Mm. She has this kind of apathetic. Yeah. Delivery. Yeah. Almost like she's just kind of like, uh, like, oh my gosh, I'm done with today. Like, I, <laughs> I have to sing a song. Like, I'm not super energized or yeah. energetic, but I'm, I'm here. I'm singing. You know, here's my song. Like, really, <laughs> how do you? I, oh, what's the word? Like, uh, nonchalant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, just chill. Yeah. You know, I casual, probably, keeping it casual. Yeah, casual. She's not. Um, you know, she's not like singing opera, and that reminds me. I was going to say I said the word opera, and her name's mm-hmm. Courtney Melba mm-hmm. Barnett. Her middle name comes from a an opera singer called Nellie Melba. Yeah, not Nellie. Yeah, but Nellie Melba. Not Nellie, and not Melba Toast, which is a thing you can get in Europe. Melba Toast. Yeah, to put your uh, pate on. Mm. Melba. Melba. I don't. <laughs> I, I'm not pate. Um. Yeah, I think you put other things on it. What's pate? Um, it's like chicken liver and goose mm. liver, duck liver. No, thank you, Jay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll pass. We'll get you some a charcuterie plate. One of these. There we go. In that, I'm down for that. With pate on it. Yeah. Um. So I mean, yeah. Let's talk about this girl, Courtney, Courtney Barnett. Influences. Um. She was influenced by big bands like Nirvana, Jimi Hendrix, Green Day. Big fan of Patti Smith, mm-hmm. who she got to meet and work with eventually. Oh, really? In her I career, I believe in. In uh, I think in Melbourne. Oh, cool. And I think she they collaborated on Patti Smith's album Horses. Okay. So pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I got as um, let me see. Yeah, so she started playing when she was like ten years old. Yeah. Um, I think her brothers played guitar, and his brothers, her brothers' friends also played guitar. So she was around this. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it seemed like her dad played guitar. Her dad taught her smoke on the water. Yeah. Uh, her neighbor next door taught her Come As You Are, Nirvana, and Something in the Way, I think Beatles. Hmm. Um, and so this is kind of where she's coming from. You got anything on her early life? Um, yeah, that was it. Like, uh, Obviously, it seems like she grew up in a kind of musical household with yeah. her, her um, brothers already playing. You know, uh, I think like she begged her older brothers to teach her some things mm-hmm. on guitar, is what she said. Um, and then like, yeah, 10 years old. And then she was like, yeah, trying to beg her parents to buy her a guitar and right. to buy her lessons and stuff like that. Um, I think she had a neighbor that was musical as well that taught mm-hmm. her like some Nirvana licks as well. And right. Sounds like, yeah, Nirvana, um, Nevermind was like the first, one of the first albums that she got hold of. And mm-hmm. was she said it was easy to learn like the basics of those songs, but not yeah. the more complicated aspects of those riffs and stuff like that power chords baby yeah but the interesting thing to say note also about kurt courtney is that she is courtney almost whoa oh kurt and courtney Courtney. (laughs) and it's courtney love's birthday today is it yeah on the day of recording right now yeah uh we are july 9th oh that's right yeah this will come out in the future so day of recording Uh, it was my brother's birthday tomorrow july 10th so happy birthday hayden happy birthday hayden nice you'll see this in three months time sounds good happy birthday man um yeah yeah, she said um about the nirvana thing yeah like a neighbor like taught one of these things um what else was i saying about oh no so she's a left-handed guitarist oh yeah i think was kurt cobain a left-handed guitarist as well i that sounds right i think Maybe. My brain's not confirming um, that for me, but that sounds very right. I didn't think about that until just this moment. Yeah. I think he was. And, uh, you know, being a left-handed guitarist, I think it's like a lot of, um, you know, because it's not easy to come across left-handed guitars. Mm-hmm. Like there aren't meant, they don't make them as much as regular guitars. Certainly. Because obviously you have to flip it round. The neck has to be a different way. You have to still string it, you know, in the same way as a conventional guitar. But when a lot of left-handed people are starting to learn out, including Courtney, uh, she just basically takes a right-handed guitar mm-hmm. and holds it that way. So the strings are in a completely the reverse order. Or well, they replace the strings though, right? You can do, but she actually learned 
just on a right-handed guitar, conventionally stringed. So the the small E string is on the top. Yeah, yeah. And then the big yeah, E string is yeah. on the bottom. So she learned all a lot of stuff in reverse on guitar, like. That seems hopefully this difficult. makes sense to people like out there like we'll maybe put some graphics on the screen or photos to maybe better illustrate yeah, like, it look i'm holding a guitar <laughs> like this is how i would play but she plays like this there you go another guitar yeah yeah so she's playing the chords upside down yeah it's literally different hand positions yeah. based so on like, how she's holding it yeah learning songs that way and she said now she's really good at it. like she can play anything that way. Well, being able to down. do both of those and go from one to the other, probably it's just good context to have and yeah, yeah. a little bit better understanding of chord structure and yeah, yeah, you know, hand placement and you know maybe yeah. that's yeah, I I mean, guess, yeah, beneficial in a way. Yeah, for sure. I've never played upside down guitar, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm just a boring old <laughs> right-handed guitar player. Yeah. So that was interesting. I think that's that is cool. Kind of how she learned. I don't know at what point she restrung a guitar or um because also i think there's like special left hand guitars that have like the neck right different and i think she ended up playing those yeah. eventually yeah, yeah but as she was learning she didn't know she was lefty or righty or you yeah, know, yeah. who knows i don't know yeah so but i guess when she was 18 she started playing in a cover band mm -hmm. um so she's just getting into it yeah and more and more at 23 she played for a grunge band in melbourne called called rapid rapid transit mm-hmm um, which sounds pretty cool and they released one album on cassette only wow this is is that the rare one i've heard something that's like yeah rare out there i think that's the one yeah, yeah so if anybody's got a copy that'd be pretty cool to see yeah, yeah. a picture of or to send it in actually i just got a, a cassette player a radio oh, boombox really? yeah <laughs> so i want to i need a cassette interesting so maybe if somebody could uh, gift me one of those here's my cash app it's no i'm just kidding <laughs> why did you uh, get a boombox uh, somebody gave it to me it was just a okay. random gift uh, yeah. and it, it's pretty cool well it's funny because i think about cassette tapes now and like a lot of bands are coming out with new releases on cassette yeah like it's like some kitschy 90s thing yeah but then i realize there are still a lot of people out there that drive cars that have cassette players in them that's what i'm saying people so should be so fast to yeah to knock these when more cars have cassette players out there on the road than cd players yeah yeah, people are still driving them. Like, I think. You know that, yeah. I'm not sure this, if that's correctly, if that's a real that's statistic. But Let's look up the stats. Yeah, where's our stats guy? <laughs> um, but yeah, interesting anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, da, 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 Rapid Transit. Yeah. And then I guess she played with another band called Immigrant Union. Hmm. And that was like a psychedelic rock and hmm. country group. And I listened to a couple songs. It sounded pretty cool. Yeah. Country is not usually my vibe, but if it's kind of a psychedelic country or mm -hmm. other, mixed with another version of country yep. or, or psychedelia and stuff, it, it could be cool. Yeah. And she appeared on the second album called Anyway. Okay. Um, so then 2013, she collabed with Jen Cloher, mm -hmm. um, and she was on her third album, In Blood Memory, and they continue to play together, yeah. and they, they began a relationship together too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah woman-woman relationship. Ended in 2018, I think. Musical relationship, yeah. But they're still um, together because they both run a record label that they started called, I think it's Milk Records. Milk with an with, exclamation mark. Yeah, so it's not milk, it's milk. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> just scared me and Sorry. all of other listeners. No, I'm just <laughs> Sorry, everybody. But it has an exclamation point. It does, yeah. You gotta, you know, you gotta say it right. Yeah. Um, and I think she started that originally... Uh, to release her own music she put out her first ep in 2012 on that on milk on milk <laughs> sorry <there> you go. <laughs> <laughs> every time we say it in this episode we have to say that that's that's how it's said that's yeah. how it's written um yeah her first ep was called i've got a friend called emily ferris um is emily ferris someone famous or is it just actually a friend of i don't know ferris bueller's day off yeah yeah or there's an actor called Ferris, or is it even Emily Ferris? I feel like Emily Ferris is a name I've heard, but it could be something else. No, it's like, definitely yeah. a, a famous name. Ferris yeah, yeah. pops up here and there. Jay might be looking it up right now, a little on the spot. Some people in, uh, on LinkedIn called Emily Ferris. <laughs> Hit them up. Poor, yeah. Are uh, you I, Emily? Are you Emily Ferris? The Emily Ferris. Yeah. Uh, yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, we're going we're gonna to have this information in a second. 
Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. I think we can find out who Pass. Emily Ferris is. But maybe oh, it's just literally a friend of Courtney's. You know? So she comes out with this album. Yeah. Um, as of today, this album's not solely on like Spotify, for example. Yeah. I guess it's my main music consumption hub. Yeah, yeah. And maybe maybe Jay's too. Yeah. Um, along with you know YouTube and other outlets, but yeah. But it was eventually released on a double album that she put out. Right. Um, and that is released uh, just about everywhere. And that's called the double EP, uh, Sea of Split Peas, which came out in 2013. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we got a track we can play off this very first EP that's not even released everywhere. Yeah, I'll play the first track called Lance Jr. Jay found it on Bandcamp. Band, it's on Bandcamp, yeah. If you search Courtney Barnett, you can find it on there. You can buy it or stream it, however you, you want to do that. Let's get a, a taste of this first EP, this, this girl's first music put out into the world. Junior from Courtney Barnett's first and debut release um, called I've Got a Friend Called Emily Ferris. Um, some interesting info I found around the time of that coming out and her background a little bit. Kind of similar in some ways to Napalm uh, from mm. Hiatus Coyote that we nice. talked about on the last episode. Both of these artists from, from Melbourne. Um, but Courtney, I think... So she was at 19 when she was uh, studying art, I think at university. And uh, after she finished that, she got kind of restless and de decided to move to Melbourne. And she said she was poor and homeless for a while. Um, uh -oh. Yeah, similar to Napalm. But she managed to uh, start, um, get some bartending jobs. And that's kind of how she started meeting a lot of people in the music scene. And uh, for this EP, she like originally wrote um, all of the songs and tracked them out herself um, on her laptop and then once she like found these group of musicians to play it live and do a few shows in Melbourne with they like re-recorded it and that's what became that first EP nice um, and uh, yeah so it's kind of a funny sort of overlapping histories of people yeah that is interesting and uh, and, um, and at a certain point this EP got uh, caught wind of um this London-based label called Marathon Artists, um, also home of Pond, which we did a, a uh, episode on. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, eventually Marathon Artists packaged up uh, this first EP and her second EP, and, and that's what became the double EP, and they released that in the States, and uh, that sort of just further kind of uh, blew her up on the scene at that time sort of thing. So, uh, Yeah. That's cool. I, I was yeah. trying to look up another callback because I saw eventually she worked with um, one of the girls from Warpaint as well. Oh, really? Cool. At, in, in some project, I'll try to find that in in the interim. Yeah, yeah. Um, during one of the during one of our breaks, but it was a little later in 2017, I think. Okay. Um, yeah. But we'll get to that. Nice. But cool. So very cool track. You can definitely hear like the kind of you know Cobain. Yeah. Guitar influence. I felt that one as soon as the track started out. It reminded me of uh, 
the MTV Unplugged Nirvana yeah. thing. Or just real, yeah. real dry, clean yeah. guitar, simple chord progressions, chill vocals on, on top. Yeah. Um, and so that's where she got her start. And it, it, it was pretty critically acclaimed, especially the, when the double EP came out. Mm-hmm. And she was getting traction. She got a lot of uh, you know, awards and nominations. Yeah. Um, and so she kind of blew up a little bit yeah. in the indie rock scene. Yeah. And is continuing to blow up as far as I know. Yeah, sure. Um, which is pretty cool. So, I mean, yeah, so I guess we can go in uh, just for one second. Like, who is this person? She's kind of shy. She's anxious. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of one of the things that follows her throughout her career because that's the way she is and that's the way she interacts with other people. Mm. And that's what people have said. So that's kind of one of the things that she has to go through when writing, when working with other people mm-hmm. um, and collaborating with other people. Um, and she just, she she mentions that in interviews and stuff. So I thought it was worth it to mention yeah um because i know a lot of people are kind of feel like that and it doesn't have to make you not go out and kill it and do things in the world yeah yeah. Um, you can you can be that way yeah. you can be shy and introverted and still be critically acclaimed and yeah and produce art yeah she says she's someone that needs a lot of like alone time or personal time mm-hmm. even when she's making music like she's she says like the writing process is usually a solitary thing for her right um, but then when it comes to like making the albums, obviously she's surrounded by other musicians and producers and stuff in the studio. Um, but she's someone that likes to take uh, like walks from to the studio, like mm-hmm. however long it is, 40 minutes. And within that time, she'll use that time to like maybe listen back to what they've been working on so far um, and to reflect and think. And right. Just kind of, you know, have that sort of calmness of, alone downtime mm-hmm. before she's around like a bunch of other people and right with all that energy of you know no i like, i uh, totally relate to that because yeah. i'm i would consider myself pretty introverted a lot of the time i'm everyone's a little bit of a mix between both here yeah. and there yeah um, but i definitely recharge by spending alone time and just getting my head straight yeah if you want to call that meditation maybe it, it's a form of that mm-hmm. um but yeah just getting my head straight my mindset what i want to accomplish my goals for the day or for the week or for the year yeah um and so that, that definitely helps me recharge so i completely uh see where she's coming from there definitely yeah. and that that yeah. could be a you know understanding yourself and the way your brain works is you know can help you be more powerful yeah you know, if you respect that and utilize that knowledge i think it's important for everyone like yeah I'm, I'm a similar way um you know if i was around people and things constantly mm-hmm. i don't think i would have the time to figure out my own shit like yeah know? just yeah, the other way to see it is it's all a distraction. Yeah. So many distractions, billboards, yeah. people, yeah. architecture, nature, internet. Internet is, I mean, Phones. that's a whole Pandora's box. Yeah. 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 So there's all this stuff going around, all of us all the time. Yeah. A lot of people probably need to shut off the phone for a little bit. Yeah. And take some downtime. You know, I'm yeah. not giving it any, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> Do whatever you want. We're just talking about. Courtney Barnett today. <laughs> I've subconsciously started doing that lately where I, um, you know, once I get home, I'll just like put my phone on charge in a different room and kind of forget about it. Yeah, that's such a good idea. I'll do something else and I'll just forget to like check messages or, or anything. And I'll be like, like Jay, text me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm outside. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Three Thunder. days later, you're still outside. It's like, yeah. oh shit, man. Sorry. It's raining. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so I get that and uh, um. But yeah, so yeah. she so she's taken a lot of notes on her phone as mm-hmm. far as her process of being a person into producing her art. Mm-hmm. You know, she's taking notes on her phone, like voice memos, notes. Um, and then I, one thing I saw, she also has a typewriter at her house. Yeah. So she said she writes on that almost every morning yeah. as far as when she's at her house, at least. An old school one as well, she said. Not not the electric one, but like the old one with the ribbons. Oh, really? Stuff. Yeah. That's legit. Yeah. So it makes those the yeah, yeah the loud noises yeah yeah that's kind of cool it's kind of cool and uh yeah i think like also around that she said like she has um like she's talked about writer's block a lot and she was asked this in an interview and she said it was like for her it's like she calls it writer's block but maybe it's not really writer's block it's basically the fact that it she said it takes her a long time to do things and to work on things mm-hmm. and and she said it's actually like a necessary part of her process kind of thing to spend time. Uh, with, yeah. Like, I think there was one song, um, Elevator something. Um, I'm not sure which album it's on. 
but um she said she wrote the riff for that um like two years before she could figure out how to do any lyrics or melodies to it nice. sort of thing. Um, and um yeah and she said she needs a lot of distractions each time she like like the typewriter is part of that it's like a new tool that she wasn't using before mm-hmm. and now it's like something new to kind of like revitalize her sort of creative juices yeah. or whatever sort of thing and um yeah she does, does stuff with like polaroid photography and stuff all the, she said it was a the polaroid stuff she said is like a, a kind of, what did she say it was like something to do with like a it's like a procrastination tool or something she said <laughs> but but i mean yeah. if it's a tool then it's a tool yeah exactly because yeah. i find yeah sometimes you're you're in the zone and you're in flow state and it's good you're working you're producing and ideas are coming out sometimes it doesn't feel like that so yeah for me i'm like sometimes you need to go away yeah. in order to come back yeah yeah and you know whether if it's your mind you don't have to necessarily leave your room but change what you're focused on yeah yeah. and so your your subconscious continues to do work mm-hmm. in that and i'm sure it's it's stuff like this like she had a cool riff and she's really excited about it didn't have a melody or other ideas of where to go with it but for over two years, she was still kind of kicking it around, yeah, yeah. thinking about it, and her mind subconsciously is working towards this goal of, you know, fleshing out this song. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's really cool, and that works for me on a like a physical level. Like sometimes I'm like, I'm anxious. I don't know what I'm going to do with this part. I'm going to go leave my house, get a coffee, yeah, yeah, distract myself, use distractions as a tool at that point. Yeah, there and is then, definitely a tool. I found myself even with this show, you know, I'll like spend an hour or two researching, mm-hmm. you know. And then I feel like I'm unprepared. I feel like oh, I'm going to fuck it up. And I'll <laughs> go for a walk around the block and I uh, find myself thinking about, oh, yeah, the, the things I've just read or watched or consumed or listened right. to sort of thing. It's just like... And you're like, oh, they're there. They're there. I got it. Yeah. So it's like, it's definitely like part of the process. I think. Yeah. Take a walk, you know, stare into space, breathe, whatever it is. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think that's cool to, to be aware of that, that you can use distractions as a tool to help you be more productive. Mm-hmm. It seems like you're taking a step back, yeah. but really you're still moving forward. Yeah. Because so. I think like, especially in this day and age, right, everyone talks about like the distractions we just kind of mentioned, you know, phones, internet, mm-hmm. constant bombardment of things, people's expectation um, for you to respond like now to everything. Like, yeah. You know, people. I just texted you. Exactly. I just, why, why is this person texting me? It's and been it's, five minutes. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, you know, uh, we don't have to constantly be doing something. Like, mm-hmm. it's great to be productive. I feel like definitely if you have something you want to achieve, work towards it and make it happen. Mm-hmm. But you don't necessarily have to do it at super fast speed. Mm-hmm. You know, you can take your time, you know, use these tools of distractions to. Which is also another thing I think about creative things as well, whether it's a song or anything like that. I would say like work on it for a bit and then just put it away and then maybe forget about it, mm-hmm. work on something else, do something else. And then I've heard, we've talked about other artists that kind of do this like um, still corners, I think, you know, they'll write the album and then they'll go off on tour for six months and then they'll come back. And then right. when you're listening to something you haven't listened to for a long time with fresh ears, you know instantly what what needs to be changed, what needs to be, you know, removed, mm-hmm. or something that you thought wasn't finished, you actually think is actually finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Exactly. So, yeah, interesting. And I think she's uh, Courtney's a good example of another artist that does all that within her process of mm-hmm. writing and everything like that. So. Um, yeah, I love it. You're yeah. you're you're all over the place with the callbacks to previous episodes today. I love it. All over the place, yeah. Not all, all over. The, I mean, you're like on point. <laughs> like you got callback for this, callback for that. I love it. Well, there's another reference if we want to go there. Ariel Pink. How? Um, so uh, there's a guitarist that Courtney works a lot with, a guy called uh, Dan Luscombe, and he is also in an Australian band called The Drones. And he's played a lot of on her records and uh, some of her tours. On Courtney Barnett's? Yeah. Nice. Um, he's also has played with Ariel Pink. So nice. Okay, cool. Connection there. Um, we, we need to get like a big, you know, like a, a board. Tree, family music yeah, tree. Yeah, exactly, with like little threads connecting to who's worked cool. with who. Yeah. Based on all these episodes that we do. Because there's literally connection to a previous yeah. artist in every one of these. And even ones you wouldn't expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like... 
you know, the Melbourne connection with Hiatus Coyote and Courtney Barnett, completely different music, but yeah. same place. It's actually really cool to see yeah. and to discover every week when we do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the other thing about, um, I guess, since I mentioned Dan Luscombe, like there was a point where he couldn't do a live show and Courtney was like, she couldn't find another guitarist to replace him. Uh -huh. um, and I think it was a tour or something even. And so she decided to learn all of his parts as well as her own parts. And, and, she's, and she found it like a really interesting creative process in terms of guitar because she found that she couldn't do a lot of the things that he was doing mm -hmm. on like her Telecaster or something like that. So she got a different guitar with like a, a tremolo bar, whammy bar. Yeah and some extra pedals you got a chorus pedal to make the sound sound bigger mm -hmm. um and she said it was a really actually turned out to be a great thing for her because it sort of pushed her on her guitar playing to try and do a few more things to see how she could like fill out the sound with just like a three piece versus a four piece kind of thing yeah so, yeah another yeah. great example of yeah. you know focusing in and limiting yourself in order yeah. to help you be more prolific yeah yeah no, she's playing, she's trying to do both guitar parts, or at least the important parts to get the vibe of the two guitar parts when she's playing live with only one guitar, she's doing all the parts. Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously you can't literally play two guitar parts at the same time. Yeah. But you can incorporate different aspects of each of those parts into a new one guitar part. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. There's I love that. Things. Actually, okay. Another reference to a previous Here we episode. Go. Episode one, Krungbin. Um since you say about like playing different parts on the guitar, I think Mark Spear, guitarist of Krungbin, does it really well. There's like this one song where it sounds like he's playing two parts, but it's like mm. he's sort of doing like this melody and then he's like doing like a lead thing and then a melody and then a lead yeah. thing. And it like overlaps with each other. I think I know other. which song you're talking about, yeah. but I, I don't have the name off the top of my head, yeah. but he's, he is great at that. That's a good it's point. Real clever guitar playing, like somehow. Like, but it yeah. doesn't get in the way. It doesn't sound like he's like just shredding and doing too much. It's yeah. very tasteful. Simple, but still complicated. Yeah, yeah. 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 Love it. Simple so. yet complex. Love it. That's what we love. So that was... I mean, basically, that was the double EP. Yeah. A Sea of Split Peas. Yeah. Um, good stuff. That's one of my favorite songs of hers, Avant Gardener. That's the one we played, right? Um, yes, we started out with that, which is a, a track that I think garnered her a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Some awards from like Pitchfork and Q Magazine, stuff like that. Yeah. People saying it's like the best song of the year and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I yeah. agree. It was really good. That's the that's song that turned me on to her. And that's when I started looking into her and listening to everything else that she had out mm -hmm. which turned out to be great so love it and then so i mean yeah let's move on she goes to i mean what what happens after that she starts touring and stuff so she's backing this album up yeah she did tours in europe north america australia all over the place basically um you know i don't have any stats on that or anything but then she went to the next album or created her first full-length lp yeah um and that one was called sometimes i sit and think Sometimes I just sit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, I was like, am I saying this right? <laughs> yeah, so sometimes I sit and think, sometimes I just sit. And I, I thought I had a story about where that name came from, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Mm. Um, but oh well. But anyway, it's, it's just an amalgamation of her previous work yeah. done in a slightly better way. Yeah, yeah. You know? I don't even, wouldn't say it's better songwriting or better production. Yeah. It's basically the same thing, but just done in a little bit more of a... I don't know, stronger way. Mm -hmm. Should we play a track? Yeah, let's get a little taste before we, we talk about that. Uh, we have two lined up here, but um, Elevator Operator was the one that I mentioned that she came up with the riff with for two years before she could fit a melody or lyrics to it. Then we should play so that one. Give I'm that down. one a spin. Nice. All right. All of
mm. Elevator Operator mm. from Courtney Barnett off of her album. Sometimes I sit and think, and sometimes I just sit. <laughs> it's a good album. Name. Yeah, she has a a way with lyrics and album titles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, like I, I was searching around, and there's a few like websites that have like um, created lists of like the 75 most wittiest Courtney Barlett, Barnett lyrics and stuff nice. like that. And uh, um, I guess that's where the deadpan comes from a little bit as well, because she does talk about serious things. Um, a lot of times, but also she's has sort of some very dry, interesting things. Like even in the first track we played, Avant Gardener, mm-hmm. I heard in there, there's like a line. Um, it's kind of like a Pulp Fiction reference she, where she said, I, I look like Uma Thurman um, posts overdose and kickback or something like that. <laughs> you know, that scene where yeah. John Travolta like yeah. punches the needle. And so yeah. she, yeah, she's imagining she looked like that. <laughs> yeah. That's- and when you, you <laughs> create a visual, you go like, okay, yeah. You can see that, like yeah, and so yeah, I mean, yeah. just yeah, testament to how well she can paint a picture with few words. Yeah, using obviously something like Pulp Fiction, which is a huge pop culture reference that a lot of people know and can directly relate to that scene. Yeah, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know how much imagery you can create in somebody else's mind with yeah. a few words. Definitely. So she, like you said, she's really talented at that. Yeah, and you and using a lot of stuff's interesting, but if you talk talk to somebody else, it's mundane. It's like if you're just talking about, hey, how's, how, how do you feel? What do you do? What are you thinking about when you're bored mm-hmm. and you have nothing to do mm-hmm. or you don't feel good? And that's what she's talking about a lot of the time. It's really pedestrian, mundane, mm-hmm. normal human experiences, mm-hmm. but that are very interesting to the individual who's having the experience. Yeah. Um, well, so she I, has another song on that album called Pedestrian at Best. So. Yeah. That's a uh, <laughs> that, title. That's another one. Did we not play that one yet? We didn't. No. That's I one saw, of my favorites. I saw that. Oh. Okay. Is it on the next album? No, it's on the same album. Oh, okay. That's one of my um, favorites. Maybe we should play it again anyway. Okay. Um, um, for the should, ne- should we do it now? L- like let's play it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it, and then we'll go to the next album. All right. Yeah, sounds good. Right, that's not, that's not pedestrian at best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not pedestrian. Uh, well, you know, her lyrics are talking about something there, but mm-hmm. not um, pedestrian as in uh, how how would you describe pedestrian as, music? Like, what's the, how? Why well, just pedestrian is like not no, outstanding. Nothing. Yeah, it's not uh, outstanding. It's mundane, maybe. Yeah. No, there's different ways you can describe it, but for music, it would be like, yeah, not outstanding. There's nothing yeah. particularly special or unique. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like any Joe Schmo could probably do Mid- that. Middle of the road. Yeah, middle of the road. Yeah. Nothing to write home about. It's not <laughs> yeah. bad, but it's yeah. pedestrian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, that's, that's one of the uh, songs that I also discovered her super good. Yeah, yeah. That was like the second one that I heard that I really loved. Nice. Um, it's pretty good. I think that track was also one that um, she wrote the lyrics like just right before recording it. Mm. And then another note on recording this album from 2015, um, Sometimes I Sit and Think, mm-hmm. uh, was she when she was recording it, they, she only introduced the band to it a week before recording. Mm. So she had most of the ideas yeah. completed yeah, or yeah. semi-completed and then only told the band about showed the band the rest of the ideas and the song song ideas hmm. a week before recording to in order to keep that kind of live fresh off the cuff fresh idea don't labor your decisions too yeah. much like, like let's just get something off the cuff right now like how do we feel yeah 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 and that's that's cool because that's one thing she concentrates on i would see interviewers asking her questions you know like what are you trying to do like why like how are you how do you how are you writing and mm. stuff and she wants to keep that kind of fresh energy 
Um, I, I mean, yeah, I saw interviewers asking, like, how, like, do you ever think of you want to change this once you listen to it back a year later? Like, are there mm -hmm. things you want to change? And she's like, not really, because it's just kind of a moment in time. Mm. And that's what I'm trying to capture yeah. is just how we feel in that moment, what we were able to create in that moment. And that's yeah. the cool thing about music is you're capturing a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so that's cool. I think that's all I got on that album. Sometimes yeah. I sit and think. Sometimes I just sit. 2015, energetic, punk, yeah, yeah. little bluesy. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's a great album. Um, there's this one song on there called Depressed I think is the way it's pronounced. Um, reminded me of this guy called Chris Rea, who is like, he was kind of big in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm -hmm. Still around. Um, I think it's a lot of that bluesy slide guitar sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, she played slide guitar on yeah, on, on some collaboration. Definitely on that track as well, and probably like on a few other things, yeah, collaborations and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, and then so before her next full-length album by herself, she did um, the Kurt Vile album in 2017 called Lotta C. Lice. Mm -hmm. Don't say that too fast. Yeah. Lots of sea lice. Um, I listened to a few tracks of it. wasn't really my vibe. It was kind of country, kind of country rock. Yeah, kind of folk. Yeah, country, um, indie rock vibes. Yeah. yeah, it's like I mean, it's definitely good. Just not my my particular cup, cup of tea. tea. Yeah. Ooh, Jinx, you owe me soda. <laughs> you owe me a beer. Um, Kurt Vile. Yeah. Oh, just, I was going to say, Kurt Vile's from War on Drugs. Oh, I've heard. I'm glad I had that in my note. Yeah. yeah. He's really young as well, right, isn't he? Or he was. I mean, relatively, yeah. Yeah. He was young at some point, I'll say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I never really, I, I hear him talked about a lot and I've tried to listen to some of his stuff. Not really into mm -hmm. it, but yeah. I think same yeah. for me. Yeah. Each to their own, you know. Though. No harm, no foul. Yeah, exactly. Do your thing, I love it. So, um, uh, yeah, let's uh, go to her next full-length album which i think mm -hmm. currently right now is her last full-length album she's only had two out right yeah so far and we could jump ahead since it's not out but i think she has a another lp slated for release november 2021 yeah saw that and um but the 2018 album's really interesting it's called yeah. tell me how you really feel and uh 10 songs 37 minutes yeah and she said for this one, she actually like posed that question to her fans on her website. Mm -hmm. And she got a lot of people like writing in. Um, she said it was kind of a mixed bag. It was all very interesting, but like some people would be very vulnerable and tell some personal Asking them, stories. tell me how you really feel. Yeah. And other people would be kind of witty and sarcastic kind of thing. Um, and uh, as they were, after she finished recording the album, I think as part of kind of marketing it or something, uh, she and her team sent um, a selection of art. I'm not sure specifically who, but like they picked out a few like select artists, visual artists, mm -hmm. and um, they sent them like film cameras and uh, photography cameras and asked them to show me how you really feel. And, oh, nice! And they created a bunch of like artwork within their own interpretations around that, um, which ended up all of that plus her fan stuff combined together and they put on like an art show um like an, an exhibition space um showing all of this material that's very cool um and uh yeah and you know obviously that's uh the title of her album and she said actually the opening track uh let me just find the name of that hopefulness hopefulness she said is a is a good um kind of sums up what the album's about she said that mm. track and it's kind of um laid back um kind of lo-fi sort of track right i think mm -hmm. um, yeah yeah the rest of the album not as heavy as that last track you played i think that's one of her heaviest things put it yeah I, I agree but the rest of this album's kind of like there's a lot of like soothing vocals a little bit chiller rock, yeah chiller that rock vibe but that Maybe where most of that comment comes from about the mundaneness or, or the apathetic thing, vocals mm -hmm. from this album where she's kind of just sort of sitting back and almost kind of reminds me a little bit of how Lana Del Rey sings mm -hmm. sometimes. That sort of like kind of swishy, 
I don't know how best to describe it, but like you know, I'm, you know, what I'm saying kind of like. No, I, I know what you're yeah, saying. I'm trying to think of yeah. a better descripting word. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah, though. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, but I, I know what you're talking about. I think the listeners know. I think they're on board. Maybe do you think Still Corners sounds like her vo- their vocalist sounds a bit like that a little bit? Yeah, I could see some similar yeah. similarities there. What about um, Men I Trust? Like the vocalist in that. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. and I mean vibes, some of this. Yeah. I would yeah. you know I've been bringing yeah. it up. Yeah. A lot of episodes, the bedroom. Yeah, okay. You know, and that's kind of what I think is the crux of what w- the word we're trying to describe. It's like it's not necessarily mundane mm-hmm. or pedestrian. Mm-hmm. It's not exciting or aggressive, yeah. but it's chill. Yeah. It's lazy. Yeah. Not like the writing's lazy or the songwriting is lazy or lyrics are lazy. Yeah. But just the delivery is kind of a lazy, apathetic, chill vibe. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. she that's, does it really well. That's why I think Lana Del Rey is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like people were like, "Come on, could you put some effort into it?" Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I actually like like when Lana Del Rey first came out. I was like, I like this because it's it has some kind of sixties vibe to mm-hmm. it a little bit or something like that. Like there's like nostalgia in the yeah in the in the sound of it somehow. Totally. Like which also Courtney Barnett I feel has on this album. Tell me how you really feel vocally. There's sort of nostalgia in the sort of 60s way of recording vocals where mm-hmm. like they're in a big room or something like that and the microphone's hanging there and they're just belting out tunes or something like that. That's yeah. The, that's the vibe I get from it. But, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think that's how it was done. Was it? Yeah. For the most part, yeah, yeah. you know, basically. Yeah. So also a good album. Yeah. Definitely. You know, yeah, yeah, just a little bit. A little bit less aggressive on this album than the previous album. Yeah, it's a I lot guess. More chill, but very say. good. Uh, yeah. You know, the it's a little bit. I don't know. Maybe like a little bit more in depth. Yeah. Like you know, the album covers a close up of her face and it's red filtered. Yeah. So it just feels that gives me the vibe that it's a little bit more like you know close Which and I invasive. Think personal it's a Polaroid selfie. I think. Oh, is it the album cover? Yeah. Nice. Um. You had mentioned she, you, she was using Polaroids. Yeah, apparently, like she says, her desk's really messy, but she has like this Polaroid camera, and she said she just got some new film, and like every day she was like just taking a photo of herself, sort of thing. And it, I think it was sort of it wasn't intentional at that point, point, but mm-hmm. it became like now if you think about it, tell me how you really feel, and this is like a the album cover is like a snapshot of one day in her life making the album yeah. of how she felt that day or how she looked that day sort mm-hmm. of thing. yeah that's that, kind of no that's a great yeah. uh, way to see it yeah i love it i think that, that adds up really well yeah so i mean yeah very good she's got a new album coming out next year or this year 2021 in november slated yeah um in the meantime she released a single yeah um that was uh released 2021 where is it where is it uh so if you, you have it oh to- ray street yeah uh, that's the name of the track and the new album if you go to her website courtneybartonett.com.au australian website (laughs) i think the album is called things take time take time that's another comma in there another you didn't she's really good at album titles uh, i would say yeah that makes Uh, you kind of ponder like yeah yeah what do you mean oh take Um, time taking the time to say take time twice yeah things take time take time but you could <laughs> like i kind of see that in a different way like because like things take time take time like as advice like yeah. things take time yeah. so you should take time don't yeah. be in a rush yeah because we understand that it takes time yeah that's how i see it at least i like that it's I probably like different interpretations but I, um, I love to see what goes on in the mind of jay <laughs> no you wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah we, we got yeah. she got a single race street it's only it's uh it's, i mean it's four minutes 30 seconds long yeah yeah um and it's pretty good yeah you know more her her style i haven't heard this yet I, I listened to it a couple times it's chill okay it's pretty good is it off of the new album you think or i don't know a, okay i don't yeah. think so yeah but i don't know we don't know yeah but I, if i was to wager a guess Maybe. i think it's just a single yeah a one-off single Okay. not connected to the album but that's yeah. just a random guess off the top of my head it yeah. could very well be on the album <laughs> but it's called ray street we're going to close out with this album do we have anything else to yeah. talk about courtney barnett i think so i think 
it's a great find of yours. Um, Thank you. I am excited to sort of take a little bit more time listening to some of the mm-hmm. early material, existing material. Yeah, it's it's um, good to just throw on any time. Yeah, yeah. You can start, get into Courtney Barnett at any album. Yeah. Um, literally any place in her discography is, she's she's hitting a home run and it's good. Yeah. And it's good Car- Courtney Barnett style stuff. Yeah. So if you like anything that we've played, you'll like the rest of her stuff. Yeah, yeah. So start anywhere. That's all I got on Courtney. Yeah. Well, uh, Courtney Barnett. Follow us on Instagram at Roots to Grooves. Hit up the website, rootsgrooves.com, for all of the previous um, episodes, plus a link to a playlist of all the video episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, everywhere else, we're at Signal Radio, S I G N L radio.com. Our email. Most importantly, still waiting to um, receive a message from Jay's someone. got a bag of cash that he's giving out. It's bag just sitting in his room. Yeah. He but wants to send it out, a bag of cash. To just <laughs> you just got to send an email to that, to us, to that email yeah. address. Might get some, by the time you send us an email, we might have merch ready to send you as well. So, there you go. So. That's exciting. Um, it's just a simple email, guys. Roots <laughs> to grooves at signalradio.com, S I G N L radio.com. Yeah. Thanks to our listeners. Podcast numbers are doing well. I just want to say that. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate all the downloads. Yeah. Um, All over the world. Yeah. Um, Which is cool. So far, a lot of people have been listening to Krungbin and the King Cruel episodes. Those are the the top two. Top two. Yeah. So. But if you guys hit us up on that email, like Jay already said, we got any uh, advice for us? Any critiques? Suggestions? Concerns. Yeah, some people are concerned <laughs> about us. I hope so. I hope a couple of you are, especially in the heat wave. Somebody should be concerned about me. Like, <laughs> no, we're good. Um, but yeah, we're gonna close out on this her new single of 2021, Ray Street. Yeah, that's been Courtney Barnett. This has been Roots to Grooves. I've been Jesse Quigley. I've been Jay Purcell. And uh, Roots to Grooves out. Catch you next time. Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S I G N L radio.com.